What Not the Podcast Lent Up Early edition today is April the 2nd, year of our Lord 2022. Tomorrow begins Passion Tide, Utica in the old one year lectionary, the three the two weeks before. So the week before Easter's Holy Week, the two weeks before Passion Tide. So our devotion becomes even more uh, intensified as we look for um, look for the celebration of Jesus suffering and dying for us. How wonderful. Here's a little devotion on Philippians 3, where Paul cannot get that suffering of Jesus off of his own mind. And then a question about um, how to talk to people who don't think baptism and the Lord's Supper are essential. Great question. Uh, Here's the podcast. Here's a little devotion on Philippians chapter 3. This is really the beating heart of Paul's letter uh, to his beloved uh, Philippians. Remember that everywhere that Paul went, he was followed by the Judaizers, the Pharisee pseudo-Christians, who would come along and say, well, Paul did a good job preaching the grace of God, but there's more that you have to do. You need circumcision and you need all this stuff. And they would they would kind of bring their credentials along. You know, look, we're we're the from Jerusalem. We're the true Christians. So Paul is always worked up because they were trying to steal the Christian freedom from all of these churches. And so Paul starts with his own kind of curricula vitae, his CV, his his resume here at the beginning. He says uh, in verse four, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal, a persecutor of the church, regarding righteousness under the law, blameless. But then Paul says, whatever I have as gain, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. You can imagine Paul with a sheet of paper, and on one side it says gain, and on the other side it says loss. And on the loss side, he lists everything that belongs to himself. He lists his circumcision, he lists his heritage, he lists his training, In fact, he goes on to say, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, scubala, uh, garbage uh, in the gutter. Why? In order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness of God that depends on faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Paul is desiring one thing only, 
and it is to be with Jesus. Everything else is loss. Even his good works, even his accomplishments, everything. The only thing for Paul on the gain side is Jesus. And this is the the, the beautiful life of striving after that first commandment, that counting all things as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. May God grant us his Holy Spirit so that we also, like Paul, count all things as rubbish for the sake of Christ. And by the means that God has instituted, <laughs> we then attain to the joy of life eternal. May God grant it for Christ's sake. Here's a question from Carl who says, how would you respond to someone who says that something is just a secondary issue and doesn't matter, especially in reference to baptism and the Lord's Supper? Well, thanks, Carl. Great question. Very succinct also. Appreciate that. Uh, this is one of the marks. We were talking about this this week at some point. I can't remember Bible class or here on the What Not the Podcast or Table Talk or something. Is that uh, most Protestant theologies do not understand the sacraments as essential doctrines. I remember it was in our new member class Wednesday night. So that you can have a Reformed Presbyterian, for example, who has a particular view of the Lord's Supper as the uh, real presence of Christ, the spiritual communion with Jesus. Then you have a Reformed Baptist who believes that it's a memorial meal. Or you have a Reformed uh, Presbyterian, again, who thinks that baptism joins you to the covenant of God's people. And then you have a Reformed Baptist who thinks that baptism is merely a symbol. And that points to the fact that the the Reformed tradition does not treat um, baptism and the Lord's Supper as an essential doctrine. It's like there's tiers of doctrine, and it's on the second or third tier. And then they apply that, the saying, I think it came from some liberal theologian, which says in um, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, charity, in all things, no, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Well, I suppose that's fine, but who gets to decide what's essential and not essential? I think it should be Jesus, who has not authorized us. Well, first of all, he has not authorized us to neglect baptism and the Lord's Supper. Those are the things that Jesus says, do this. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all the things that I commanded you. So baptizing and teaching is not optional. Neither is the Lord's Supper. Jesus took the bread, he took the wine, he said, do this. So that we are to do what he was doing, to eat and drink his body and his blood. So so we are not authorized to neglect um, these great gifts. But here's where the importance of them comes in. If you if you could imagine a mm, imagine a desert island and you drop a bunch of believers on there who are they trust in Christ they've been baptized um, 
but they they don't know their doctrine. They just they, there's no certain confession. They've never really studied the scriptures or the history of the church. They're just kind of there on their own. But they have a Bible, and so they're studying it together and they're trying to figure out what this whole Christian life looks like. Well, pretty quick they're going to rec- recognize something in the scriptures, and that is that they're sinners. Even after their, um, even though they are Christians, after their faith has come, they still are uh, sinners who need the Lord's mercy. So they're going to look for the forgiveness of sins and how that forgiveness of sins is brought to us. And so if you just if you just take a, a highlighter and start reading through the New Testament, looking for the forgiveness of sins, a couple of things will jump out at you. Number one, you'll see what Jesus says to the uh, apostles in John chapter 20, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. So they're going to start forgiving each other's sins. And then they're going to come across the words of institution, Matthew 26, where the Lord says, this is my blood of the New Testament poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. So they say, ah, Lord's Supper, forgiveness of sins. And then they're going to see passages like in Acts, be baptized and have your sins washed away. Acts chapter 2, where Peter says, um, repent and be, and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So the reason that we hold uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper in such high esteem is because the Lord himself has connected the forgiveness of sins to these gifts. If you do not believe that baptism delivers forgiveness, or the Lord's Supper delivers forgiveness, if it is just a first act of obedience or some kind of covenant um, covenant rite or something, then you would certainly hold it in lower esteem. But we understand these as the means the Holy Spirit uses to deliver his promise of forgiveness so that that, that promise belongs to us. I know I'm I know I'm forgiven. Why? Because Christ died for me. Well, how do I know Christ died for me? Well, because Jesus baptized me. And because Jesus gave me his body and blood to eat. And because Jesus sent his preacher and his Christian to proclaim the forgiveness of sins. That's how I know these things. So that we look outside of ourselves for our confidence and assurance and not into our own hearts. So I think the, the, the way to go about um, esteeming the sacraments is seeing what great promises the Lord has connected to them, I mean, chiefly the forgiveness of sins and then all the other promises. So uh, as always, the best strategy is to go back to the pages of the scripture and, and just look and see what's there. And maybe I'd start with baptism and say, look, uh, here in... Mm, Ephesians 5, Christ cleanses his church with the washing of the water and the word so that he might present her to himself as spotless. Look here in Romans 6, in baptism, we were buried with Christ. Look here in Galatians 3, in baptism, we put on Christ. Look here in Mark 16, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. Uh, Look over here in uh, uh, 1 Peter 3, uh, 21, baptism saves you. Or, or look here in Acts, how everyone who hears the gospel 
and believes is baptized together with their with their whole house. Acts 16 and Acts 10 and Acts 22, Acts 2. It's beautiful. And we see all these great gifts that the Lord gives uh, in baptism, and then we can rejoice in it. Not because it's like um, on the on the list of essential doctrines, but because Jesus, who loves us, gave this to us as a gift <laughs> for the forgiveness of our sins. Oh, God be praised. Hope that's helpful. Thank you so much for the question. Fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for your attention. It's wonderful. God be praised. It's really an honor that you uh, spend time each day with me. I hope it's helpful and an encouragement to you. It's it's an encouragement. I'm, th- I'm thankful for you. Like St. Paul, there's this astonishment that anyone would come to church and hear the Bible. It's thankful that the Holy Spirit has worked that desire and that faith in all who want to hear the Lord's word. And I'm, I'm thankful then that the Lord has given you also this joy uh, in his word. Uh, if there's some announcements, let's see. Uh, well, we sent out the Wednesday whatnot yesterday, the Friday whatnot, with a ton of stuff in there, including some research I've been doing on Unix. Weird stuff. More to come on that. But I think it helps put our own transgender revolution in a bit of historical context and spiritual context as well, which is what we need. So hopefully that's helpful, and hopefully that research, uh, I'll continue to be able to do some of that. Uh, and that'll be helpful. That's the place to find out about that stuff. Uh, Wednesday, whatnot. If you can, uh, if you can handle getting an email from me every week. Well, look, you're already handling a podcast every day, so an email every week probably won't be too much. Uh, that's at uh, wolfmuller.co/slash/wednesday or something. You can also uh, send more questions my way. Thank you for all these questions, by the way. They're really fantastic. There's a way to do that on the website. There's a way to leave a voicemail. Uh, which I would encourage you to do. That's great. Breaks up the monotony of my morning voice here on the podcast. So uh, so that's a lot of fun as well. Wolfmuller.co. Uh, hit on the podcast or the audio button. What not the podcast. You can find all the other stuff there, all the YouTube stuff. About to hit 20,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, which is quite a milestone actually. Um so that's, that's amazing. So thanks for being part of that fun over there as well. Otherwise, hope you have a great day, great weekend, that you rejoice in the Lord and his kindness, his body and blood uh, this week. If you don't have a church, then send me a note on the website, uh, find a church button there, and we'll help find you a church close by so you can go to your pastor's Bible study this weekend. Uh, thanks again for your attention, for your time. May God's peace be with you. <laughs>